0: Let me just say a brief prayer. Father, I ask that as we consider your word right now that you'd be at work among us by your spirit, doing what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, disclaimer up front, like uh, Tim gave a disclaimer last week, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it as well this week. I'm not speaking as a master of humility um, this morning. I don't think that exists. Uh, I don't think that, that works. Um, but uh, obviously, it's something I want to continue growing in, and I hope you do as well, um, or if, or hopefully you will want to after this morning. Um, Let me start, here's what I wanna do, is I wanna think about the kind of battle that exists within each of us, really, um, and then take us into our passage. And so, there's a battle between pride and humility in the heart of everyone. It's a battle that we continue to fight, it's never won. If you think it doesn't apply to you, you're probably losing, okay? Right? Our world encourages us to live out of pride. Everything is marketed to us in this way. Everything is for your comfort and your pleasure and your everything. You in in marketing terms are the centre of the world. And it's obviously that's not the way, that's not reality. And a better way of living is held out for us in the passage that we're looking at today, and it's important for us to grab hold of it. Pride is when we forget the greatness of God and think we're great. The reality is that anything we do well is only a poor reflection of God's greatness. Anything we have is not really ours, but truly belongs to God. Charles Spurgeon once preached on the foolishness of pride, calling it a groundless thing and a brainless thing, as well as the maddest thing that can exist. Love that. And yet pride itself changes the way you see yourself, others, and God. And none of us are immune to the logic-defying, blinding effects of pride. John Stott writes this, Pride is more than the first of the seven deadly sins. It is itself the essence of all sins. And he also says, at every stage of our Christian development and in every sphere of our Christian discipleship, pride is the greatest enemy and humility our greatest friend. And so I hope what you see here is that actually, when we think about pride and humility, there's something really foundational and significant to what we're looking at. Chris Lungart, in his book, The Enemy Within, speaking about our sinful nature, said it this way. How often do you think about the fact that you carry around in you a deadly companion? And so here's the thing. I think humility is treated as something, as this virtue that's kind of just like a nice-to-have, right? Well, you know, it's like just a virtue that's nice to have. Biblically, it's far more fundamental because it's about how we, re- how we see ourselves, how we relate to others, how we relate to God. It's very foundational. And so that's what I want to think about with you this morning, looking into our passage. And so first, humility is key for healthy self-understanding. Um, in, a, in America, as a child, we were raised on this idea. It, like this idea came out again and again. You can be anything you want to be, right? You've pro- pro- probably heard about that. Um, it came out again and again. You learn quickly, however, that it isn't true, right? Okay, so for example, want to be a famous sports player, you might not even make the team, right? Um, you know, love someone, they might not love you back. Want something, and you might not be able to afford it. Like, um, you can be anything quickly meets reality. And yet we, we build our self-identity on our pride amid competition with others, which is a very fragile foundation. Um, There's this really, there's this interesting verse, like, buried deep in 2 Samuel. Like, I remember reading and kind of coming across this verse, like, you're kind of reading through chapters, you're just like, oh, I'm getting so bored, this is hard work, right? And then there's this verse that's just out of nowhere, I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Right? And it's 2 Samuel 17, 23, let me read it for you. When Ahithophel saw that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order and then hanged himself. What? Right? Like context, he's advising Absalom. His ability as an advisor is incredibly well known and his advice was always followed. All it took was for Absalom to not take his advice once and his world fell apart, right? And that might sound a little bit ridiculous, And yet, at the same time, we've probably all been there. When when your self-identity is built on something, and in a moment, it's gone. The job is gone, or the relationship, or you fail in a way that just doesn't make sense. And so we, we generally develop our understanding of ourselves in comparison with other people. Our world encourages us in this, and then we fight for position and power all of which is easily lost. It's a fragile foundation. Now, if I were to think about what it's like in America, if I think about here in England, things are maybe a little bit better, right? I feel like here in England, uh, humility is baked into our culture, but it doesn't run very deep, (laughs) right? People know what I'm talking about. And, and there's something funny here as well, like, pride seems acceptable in English culture so long as you handle it well, say the right things around it, and, um, and so long as, you're, as you pass a certain threshold, right? Like, some people we think deserve to be prideful, you know, so long as they can do really important things like carry a rugby ball really far, have lots of money, or look really pretty, like, right? We build our self-worth and pride on things that don't really matter. And then we run into a verse like verse 3 from our reading. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Well, I wonder if you you slow down on that phrase for a second there because there's a lot there. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. I feel like, taken seriously, the Western world could just fall apart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we, so much is built on this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. See, what we find in Scripture is that there's a better way. We can build our lives on God's love in response to his greatness while following his call on our lives. Jesus is the example of this, which we'll get to And his mindset or his way of seeing the world or his attitude, different translations, is what we are invited to. And so let me actually let me read verses five through eight again. We've heard them, but let me let me read verses five through eight. And I encourage you to pay attention to the mindset of Jesus, like his self-identity that was driven by humility. Check this out. Verse five. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If you looked at things like that Jesus did, he did not consider, he, like... Um, not things weren't to be used to his own advantage. He made himself nothing. He took the nature of a servant. He humbled himself. And then there's this punchline on the end even, even death on a cross. Like if you were to think of the best example of shame, you would think of the cross. Even death on a cross. You see, we are challenged to have the mindset or the attitude of Jesus in how we see ourselves. Because it's a different way of understanding ourselves than what we typically get, what we typically see. And yet that is a firm foundation. Humility is a properly firm foundation for understanding ourselves and living in this world. And so that's why that's given... So Jesus' example is given out of verses three and four. So check this out, verse three and four. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Like, how are you able to value others above yourself? Verse four, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Again, how do you do that? You have the mindset of Jesus. Verse 5. See, what we see is that Jesus lived for people, not for power. Jesus had this foundation of knowing that he was loved, knowing who he was, that meant that he could be weak. Like in in our world, typically, if you take a position of weakness, it's almost felt like you've lost some sort of power. And because we're constantly fighting with each other for power and position makes it difficult for us to do so. But if your position, if who you are comes from something much firm and much more solid and much more enduring from who God is, then you can take a position of weakness. This this also came out often in Jesus' teaching on true greatness. Jesus clearly taught that it's better to be last than first, a servant than a master. And even today in, in business teaching, this is being, keeps being pulled out, like this is thousands of years old, Jesus teaching on greatness. And even in like, you know, non-Christian work environments, they're recognizing that good leaders are often people that don't, don't take their power for granted. Like I read somewhere recently, it was an anonymous quote, but this is the sort of thing where they were saying um, that that if you wanna see the character of a person, put them in a position of power, and if they use it for themselves, you know they're not of good character. But if they use it to, to lift up other people, then you'll see very quickly that they're of good character. People are recognizing that actually a good leader is someone that's able to lay themselves down for others. That's right in what we believe as Christians, right? That's, that's humility. But of course we need the right foundation to be able to do this. Often we operate out of our insecurities. Like I don't know if you've ever, you've been there, like you have a, a dinner party or something, and the next day all you're doing is replaying the things that you said, <laughs> right? right? Or the things that you did or the whatever. Um, Because we're constantly trying to be as winsome and as funny as we possibly can, trying to make sure that people are going to like me. You know what I mean? And, And we're invited to a different way of living where we live for others, where we lay ourselves down, where it's not about us. And so we see that humility is key in how we see ourselves, but then this flows out in that humility is key in how we relate to other people. And then finally, humility is key in our relationship with God as well, in honoring God. And we see that in verses 9 to 11 of our passage, that actually in verses 9 to 11, what we see there is that that God is pleased by the humility shown by Jesus in human form. And that, that sort of idea comes out in loads of places in Scripture where we get things like this, James 4, verse 6, which says this, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Or people like Moses, who was described as the humblest man in all the earth, which you kind of like wonder, did he write that? <laughs> um, but no, the, um, but he was, he was the humblest man in all the earth and he was a friend of God, Right? and we see that humility therefore is massively honors God and respects who God is and is what God is looking for Now let me just give you real quick some practical things that might help you grow in humility because I know that growing in humility sometimes feels intangible okay And so First of all, there are, lots of, there are things that you can do that are just part of your prayer life that are important for growing in humility. Being able to, be, to have gratitude. Being able to be, um, to be grateful. Thankful, Mike, Michael Ramsey wrote this. Thankfulness is a soil in which pride does not easily grow. Right? Expressing your dependence on God and growing in dependence on God. There are loads of things that you can learn that help you change the way that you see the world, right? And that scriptural things that are incredibly important to, to, to dig into, such as understanding our human condition, understanding God's nature, things like God's incommunicable attributes, his attributes that are unlike anything that we understand, absolutely blows our mind, but causes us, forces us to a place of humility. Growing in our awareness of God's grace, The ways that we are broken but have been forgiven. Like you could dig into doctrines such as election and calling, justification, perseverance. You could dig into these more and more and it it will develop, help develop your humility. But as well, you can consider the cross. Uh, The the late Carl Henry, um, considered by many to be one of the one of the foremost evangelical theologians of the 20th century was was being interviewed and the um and this shortly before he passed away and the uh this was the question that was po- that was given to him how can anyone be arrogant when he stands beside or no he, the question that he was given was was how could he be so humble and his response was this how can anyone be be arrogant when he stands beside the cross? How can anyone be arrogant when he stands beside the cross? Reflecting on Jesus' example itself can help us to grow in humility. And so let me, let me just close with a little illustration. Um, King Louis the Great, this is kind of a, oh, might be well known, you may have heard it before. Um, and King Louis the fourteenth the, um, the called himself the Great, and when he passed away, there was a massive, um, you know, all the pomp and circumstance around a, funer- a funeral like that. Um, and he, gave, he had given instructions that the cathedral was meant to be lit with one very special candle that was over his casket. And there's this just really kind of famous moment where Bishop Massillon reached down, snuffed out the candle. Can you imagine that? snuffed out the candle and said, only God is great. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd give us a right and true understanding of the world and ourselves. Father, too often we want to be the center instead of putting you at the center. And Father, too often that, that pride that takes root in our hearts affects how we see ourselves in the world and causes us to relate to people in ways that are wrong and all sorts of things, Father. And Father, I pray that you would help us to take on board the example of Jesus, to be a people that are humble, and that that humility would run deep. Help us in the battle that goes on within each of us to grow in humility.